What's up? Welcome back to Adorn Podcast. This is episode 129, and today we're going to recap our story of scripture series. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Adorned Podcast. We're your hosts, Erin and Casey. We would love for you to come join us each week as we discuss what it means to be made beautiful by God's Word. Whether you are a college student walking to class, a mom folding laundry during nap time, or a boss babe sitting in rush hour traffic, we hope that we can encourage and inspire you to pursue a deeper understanding of the Bible. I can't believe this is our recap. I know. It's crazy. Episode. Crazy. So... Um, hopefully it's been a joy and, a um, edifying, is that a word? Yes. Edifying yes. and encouraging and equipping, um, series for you. And so the, the goal of today's episode is to, um, we're going to read through our story again, all the paragraphs. And hopefully now that we've discussed all of them, as you sit and listen to the story again, you'll be able to see the ties and, and make all yeah. the connections yeah. and think about all the things. Um, but after we do that, we're going to kind of give our own short summaries. Um, like if you want basically the elevator speech mm-hmm. of the story of scripture, actually even smaller than smaller than that. Speech. Yeah. Like one, one yeah. sentence. Yeah. Um, and then just talk about some practical tools or tips from this and kind of just like what were our biggest takeaways? Yeah. Yep. All right, let's do it. Okay, so let's begin. God's story begins. God existed in Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, in perfect glory, love, and community. Out of an overflow of his love and glory, the triune God creates the world and everything in it and says it is good. God creates ex nihilo, meaning out of nothing. The pinnacle of creation is mankind. God first forms Adam from the dust and breathes life into him. He says it is not good for man to be alone. So he creates Eve, a helper for man, out of Adam's rib. God creates man, both Adam and Eve, in the Imago Dei, meaning in his image. God gives Adam and Eve the job of being his representatives and tells them to be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over the earth. There is harmony, community, and love as God dwells with his people in the garden. He provides more than Adam and Eve could ever need and only forbids them from eating the fruit of one tree. God's people rebel, the fall. Satan, in the form of a serpent, twists God's word and makes Eve doubt God's goodness. Eve sees the fruit, desires it, and eats it. She chooses her own way instead of God's way. This is a theme we will see throughout the story. Adam joins in with this sin, and Adam and Eve choose to rival God instead of choosing to be his representatives. Once they sin, we immediately see the faithfulness, mercy, and holiness of God. God meets them in their shame and provides the covering for their shame, where we see his mercy and faithfulness. But then they need to leave the garden because of God's holiness. God puts a curse on the serpent and we see the first glimpse of the gospel when God says, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Adam and Eve have children and the pattern of sin continues. Adam and Eve's son Cain kills his brother Abel. People continue to sin more and more until God is so heartbroken that he floods the earth, sparing Noah and his family and a ton of animals. Even after the flood, sin continues to wreak havoc and people continue to choose their ways instead of God's. They decide to try and make a name for themselves by building the Tower of Babel. 
God calls a family, patriarchs. A shift happens and we zoom in on one man and his family, Abram. When God calls Abram to leave his home to go to a land that he would show him, he does. God makes a covenant with Abraham and he is obedient a lot, but there are also times when he chooses his own ways instead of God's. We see this when Abraham has a son named Ishmael with his wife's servant, Hagar. Later, God graciously gives him and his wife, Sarah, a son named Isaac. God tests Abraham by asking him to sacrifice Isaac. He is obedient, but God ultimately provides a ram for the sacrifice in Isaac's place. Isaac marries Rebekah, and they have twins named Jacob and Esau. Jacob means deceiver, and he lives up to his name. One night, Jacob wrestles with God, and his name is changed to Israel. Jacob has 12 sons, which are the 12 tribes of Israel, his favorite of which is Joseph. After Joseph's brothers sell him into slavery, he has a lot of ups and downs in his life, but God gives him the gift of interpreting dreams, and Pharaoh makes him second in command over Egypt. Joseph's brothers come to him asking for food because of famine in the land. They don't know it's Joseph. And he forgives them and takes care of them. The Israelites lived in Egypt and became slaves to the Egyptians. God calls a nation, Exodus. After almost 400 years in Egypt in terrible slavery, Moses is born. Because of a horrible decree, he is supposed to be killed, but God's sovereignty is a beautiful thing. He is put in a basket in the Nile River and the princess finds him. When Moses grows up, God calls him to be the one to lead the Exodus of God's people out of slavery and into the promised land and to the promised land. Moses didn't think he can do it, but God sends plagues and leads his people out of Egypt and across the Red Sea on dry land. After the Exodus, God gives Moses the law and the Ten Commandments, which point to the gospel by showing our need for a savior and that we are saved by grace, not works. God's people, Israel, flip back and forth between choosing to trust God and choosing their own ways. Ultimately, they have to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. During this time, God continues to provide for them. Moses raises up a leader named Joshua, and Joshua leads God's people at the Battle of Jericho. God is faithful even when his people are not. Judges and Ruth. After Joshua's death, the people of Israel turn from the Lord and begin to worship idols. During this time, God raises up judges to govern over the land and to deliver Israel from its enemies. Some of these judges, such as Deborah and Gideon, are great leaders, while others are not. During this time, there's a cycle of God blessing his people, the prosperity of God's people, the rebellion of God's people, God's wrath against his people, the repentance of God's people, and God offering his forgiveness, and God blessing his people once again. The book of Ruth zooms in on one specific family living during the time of the judges, Naomi and her daughter-in-law, Ruth. When Boaz agrees to marry Ruth and redeem her family, the author, through the empowering of the Holy Spirit, is pointing us to our true Redeemer, Jesus Christ. God promises the true and everlasting King is coming, kings and prophets. Ruth ends with showing us the next three generations, Obed, Jesse, and David. But we pick up in 1 Samuel with Eli, who trains up Samuel as a judge. As Samuel ages, the Israelites demand a king so they can be like the other nations. God tells Samuel to give them a king, but to warn them. God shows Samuel that Saul is to be the first king. Even though he was chosen by God, Saul is not a faithful leader. He becomes proud and disobedient. Therefore, God rejects him as king. When God chooses David, the son of Jesse, to be the next king, God reminds his people that it's not outward appearance, but it's the heart that matters to him. David trusts the Lord and defeats Goliath, but Saul is envious of David and tries to kill him. This is when many of the Psalms were written. God makes a covenant with David, and he is a good king, but often chooses his own ways and sins. His son Solomon is also a good king and even builds the temple, but he also chooses his own ways and sins. 
This, these kings show us that we need a true and better king. During the reign of these, as well as future kings, God sends prophets such as Isaiah and Jeremiah to remind the people to turn from their sin and trust that a true and better king is coming. God is faithful and will keep his promises. God cares about the heart of his people, wisdom literature. In the middle of the Old Testament are the books of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. These books, written by people such as David and Solomon, have been labeled as wisdom literature and are included in the story of Scripture to remind us that God not only cares about our minds and our actions, but our hearts as well. They help us understand that the people in God's story are very similar to us in the way they feel and express their emotions while going through the ups and downs of life. Wisdom literature gives us language to use in times of joy, sorrow, weariness, thanksgiving, and more. These books, much like the rest of scripture, help us to reflect on the faithfulness of God in the past, present, and future. God dwells with his people, the Gospels. After 400 long years of silence and waiting, the Messiah arrives, born of a virgin in the most humble way. Everything the Old Testament was building towards is finally here. As a tiny baby, God enters into his creation to dwell with his people again. He comes to seek and save the lost, to redeem his people. He does this by living a perfect life, dying in our place, paying the debt of our sin so that we can be reconciled back to our holy and righteous creator. This is the pinnacle of the story, because remember, this is God's redemptive story, and this is how God redeems us. God shows us the way. Acts and the early church in the epistles. The book of Acts begins with the ascension of Jesus. He tells the people that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Just as Jesus had promised, the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. More and more people begin to put their faith in the Lord and this is the beginning of the church. Saul, aka Paul, a persecutor of Christians, is converted when he encounters Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul falls in love with Jesus and spends his life spreading the good news of the gospel. During his multiple missionary journeys, Paul plants churches and writes the letters or epistles that now comprise a big portion of the New Testament. In his letters, Paul is instructing the church on basic doctrine, reminding them of the gospel and what it looks like to live for Christ. The New Testament also consists of other epistles such as those written by Jesus's disciples, Peter, James, and John. God makes all things new. Revelation. The story ends with a vision God gives to John about the second coming of Jesus in the new creation. God shows John many things about what is going to happen in the future. He shows him that there is coming judgment for those who do not follow Jesus and coming new creation for those who do. He urges believers to stay strong and ultimately reminds all of us that death will be defeated once and for all and that in this new creation there will be no more sadness, no more sorrow, and no more sin. Until then, we are left in the already and the not yet, but longing for God's promise of making all things new. This is a good story. This is God's story. The best story. It's the best. The best story. Best story. Ever. Okay. So what is your one sentence? If you were to sum up this whole 10 minute long thing we just did <laughs> in like one or two sentences, how would you do that? Well, so we... um some of the women from our church are, are going through this series together and I don't want to just steal what someone else said, but it was really good. So she got it down to like two words and she said, enduring faithfulness. Mm. 
I love that. And so I'm just going to expand on it a little bit since I have a few sentences. Because I asked them to do it in just a couple words. Yeah. Oh. Um, And so, and my couple word one, which you asked me to do like a long time ago on an episode and I just stuck with it since then. But I think I said like God's story of redemption. Uh Yeah. Um, And so I think just combining those two, like this is God's story of redemption through his enduring faithfulness. Cause I feel like enduring faithfulness could summarize just what we talked about last week, right? Like he's enduring and he's being faithful to his promise to wait until everyone mm-hmm. who is going to believe will believe. Or we could say enduring faithfulness is like we talked about with the prophets or with mm-hmm. the judges or, you know, with the Exodus or with the fall, mm-hmm. like he's constantly enduring and yet still being faithful to mm-hmm. the promises that he's made. I mean, you could talk about that with the gospels, right? right? And mm-hmm. I think it's just so applicable for, for every part of the story. Yeah. It's true about any part that you look at. Yeah. How about you? So my sentence was our sovereign creator, God revealing who he is through his continual pursuit of his people. Ooh, read it again. Our Say so- it again. <laughs> our sovereign creator, God revealing who he is through his continual pursuit of his people. Mm. And I feel like that's similar to enduring faithfulness. Yeah. Like, but one of the things that really has stood out to me um, as we've been studying this is just how he continually pursues mm. his people mm. whether it's you know by sending the prophets mm. to to proclaim his name or um sending moses to bring moses him out of, yeah. or like even you know appearing through a burning bush mm-hmm. or or just no matter what it is like he is constantly pursuing his people mm. and and calling them to him drawing them to him mm-hmm. um and that's just really stood out to me and then also continuing to see his character throughout the story of scripture and how he reveals that mm. not just by by saying, I am this, I am this, I am right. this. Like we see it through his actions. Mm. Um, we see it through this story that he has written. And I just think that that's really cool. I love to see the consistency of it. Mm. How, you know, his character never contradicts itself. It's mm. always the same. It's always consistent. Um, so yeah. And it gets like deeper in layers the right. further you right. get into the story, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. We see in Builds. creation that he's sovereign mm-hmm. and that he creates all things. But yeah. then we also see like even in Ezekiel, right? He's like, I give you a heart of flesh for a heart of stone. Like he's still creating. He's mm-hmm. still sovereign in the way he, yeah. like we talked about the story of Joseph, like how he's means all things, Joseph, <laughs> Joseph, <laughs> how he means all things for good. And he's able to sovereignly work all things for our good and for his mm-hmm. glory. And we like that depth gets that truth gets more depth the more we read because we see the consistency of it right exactly exactly kind of hammers at home yeah yeah Yeah. that's good okay so what would you say was like one of your biggest takeaways from this whole series okay so i loved we always hear that god uses ordinary people like i feel Mm -hmm. like i've heard broken sticks right i've heard that since i was little bitty and that's a truth that we consistently see but i think in my mind i've always thought of people like David or Esther, like people that, yes, they started off ordinary, but I mean, I wouldn't say by the Mm -hmm. end of his life, David was very ordinary or Esther was very ordinary, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so reading stories about people like Rahab Mm -hmm. and Ruth and even Paul, who Mm -hmm. was taken from like, he was in kind of an extra extraordinary role. Like he was a leader and then he was humbled Mm -hmm. from that and, and taken down a notch. Um, 
Um, but these people that were just faithful and obedient in their everyday life, mm. they had no idea necessarily that they would be such a big player in mm. God's redemptive story. Um, but they were just faithful every mm. single day and God used them in um, big ways, maybe not big ways like becoming a king or a queen or anything like that, but he still used them for his story and for his glory, for their good. Mm -hmm. Um, So just remembering that in our everyday life, our pastor actually talked about this this past Sunday about how in our culture, like we think we have to do these big, huge things. Mm -hmm. Everything we, we do has to be the best. Our podcast has to be the most popular out there. And it's one of the things Jonathan's been telling me for three years, you know, he's like, Numbers don't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, audience doesn't matter. Yeah. Be faithful with, with what God is putting right before you. Um, and so I feel like this was a theme that just really, really stood out to me as I was studying this. Yeah, I think we talked about that a little bit on the gospel. Well, actually, I don't remember which episode it was now, but that was one of the things that stood out to me so much was like that I just keep thinking about is that Jesus lived a very normal life for right, most right. of the years he, he was here mm-hmm. and he was just continually faithful, yeah. continually yeah. faithful. Mm-hmm. And we don't read about it. It's not mm-hmm. written about, and you know, we don't know exactly what he did from years 12 to 30 exactly, mm-hmm. but he was just continually faithful so in a normal life. Yeah. And yeah. So. What would you say your biggest takeaway was? I feel like I have quite a few, but I think the one that I, that comes to mind is just how God's word is so living and active Mm -hmm. and how we've been teaching the Bible for years Mm -hmm. and reading the Bible for even longer. And yet there's so much that I learned in so many rich truths Mm -hmm. that God just brought to light. And, and we've done, um, like Bible studies before that te- that we that we've like attended that teach the whole right, story of scripture. Right, yeah. And so it would have been, I think my pride would have been like, well, I already know what, mm-hmm. what's, you know, mm-hmm. the theme of this or these ties or things, but like God was just so faithful to, just make so many new things beautiful yes, yes, and maybe just even so many old things beautiful where, mm-hmm. whereas, um, I, I would have had my own way. I would have just thought, well, I already know that I'll just talk mm-hmm. about that. And instead yeah. just like drawing me back to his mm-hmm. word and, and, this is kind of along the same lines, but there are so many really good resources that we've talked a lot about on here, but honestly, what has been the most, um, fulfilling and like fruitful that I've seen in the study is like actually being in the scripture. Like we talked about when we were preparing for judges, like mm-hmm. we kept going to other resources and looking for things about the judges. And then like, let's just sit in judges. Um, I think you were the one who said like, let's just like read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think just remembering like the resources are good and helpful, but nothing, nothing is going to bear the fruit, um, or transformation or just like you're, you're not going to see as much of who God is as you will in his word. That's so good. That's such a good reminder. Cause I remember when we first started this podcast, I would feel like I had to read all the Reese's Reese's Reese's. Oh, that sounds good. (laughs) All the resources on every single topic Mm -hmm. on every single Mm -hmm. episode. And as we've done this, Longer and longer, I listen to less podcasts. I read less supplemental books, mm-hmm. and I just spend more time soaking in the word. Mm-hmm. And um, I do feel like there's just there's more clarity mm-hmm. sometimes because mm-hmm. you're not hearing all these outside voices. And I think that is a very important thing to remember that it is supreme mm-hmm. to all other things. Mm-hmm. It is supreme and it, it is God revealing himself, yeah. revealing himself to us. Yeah. That, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I think the other biggest takeaway is 
and I know it's one big story and we've done, you know, we've talked about this before, but seeing so many ties, like, yeah. like how Rahab yeah. was in the story mm-hmm. of like in the family line of Jesus right. and just like mm-hmm. those little like golden nuggets just kind of get you excited to keep reading and mm-hmm. to keep studying. Cause I'm like, that's really cool. I didn't know that. Or mm-hmm. there's been a lot of different things in this series where we're like, wow, look how God did that. Like, mm-hmm. look how he took Ruth and, and and now she gets to be a part and they come back. Like there's yeah. just so many things that yeah are just incredible and how she gets to be married again. And then mm-hmm. now she gets to have the son who leads to David and yeah. 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 So uh, that's a great transition to what was kind of like one of your favorite things you learned or your favorite like aha moment. I really enjoyed studying like Israel's history, mm. like more of the um, kingdom division and what prophets went with what and what the timeline was and looking at more like of the geography and what nations took over. And um, I just enjoyed like actually understanding some of that because mm. in the past I feel like I've skipped over that portion of scripture because I didn't understand it yeah because it would talk about these things it would refer to places it would yeah. refer to kingdoms that I didn't understand I didn't know how to put that in the story and so I kind of just skimmed over it but now that I actually understand it a little bit I feel much more equipped to read and understand that portion of scripture mm. so even like the prophets like I feel like I could open up one of the prophets and while like we talked about what they say is confusing and kind of weird and jumbled at least I'll understand context a lot better yeah so that has been like really really cool and just really big for me Mm -hmm. um what about for you I think and I talked about this a little bit um on last week's episode I think the biggest like aha moment for me was that well one like I just mentioned the last question like Jesus lived a normal life yeah you know I was like oh yeah I don't really think about that but the other one is thinking about our place in this story as you know we're in the already but not yet but doesn't mean we're just waiting Mm -hmm. we're not just waiting for Jesus to come back like we're an active part of this story and that by living lives according to how God has called us to and the you know in his word and in the epistles we're getting to be a part of advancing his kingdom Mm -hmm. and just like that's such an aha moment and it sounds like duh but just like constantly reminding myself like I'm not just living for my kingdom. I don't get to just wake up in the morning and do whatever I want to make my life more comfortable and easier. Like I'm on a mission. I have a role in this beautiful story that God has created. And maybe it's not going to other countries and things like that, but God has placed me right here. And Mm -hmm. what can I do to bring his kingdom and to advance his kingdom and to make his name known? Because that's the part of the story that I'm living in. Like you mentioned before, like, why wasn't I alive during Esther and things like that? Like God has us right here, right now Mm -hmm. as part of his story. We Mm -hmm. say he's sovereign. We say he's in control of all things. He's in his sovereignty, put us here now. And like, that's just such a good push for me that I think I needed. I think Mm -hmm. I maybe got to a place of just complacency and Mm -hmm. was like, my time with God is great. And I, you know, read the word and I kind of do these things and I, you know, serve at my church and these things. But it's like, God's like, step back for a minute, see the whole story of scripture and like, get excited about Mm -hmm. it. Get excited Mm -hmm. that you get to be a part of the story for his name and for his glory. But just like remind myself that everything I do should be pointed to him. Mm -hmm. Everything I do should be thinking about eternal value. Like you mentioned last week and just like reframing my mind Mm -hmm. and, and and like on a real practical level, that looks like, like when you wake up in the morning, like uh, instead of me just going to, okay, what do I have to do today? What are these things? Like instead just saying like, Lord, this is your day. This is your day. Help me to see with your eyes, help me Mm -hmm. to love with your heart and help me to like 
be pushed Mm -hmm. to advance your kingdom instead of just be happy in my Christian little bubble. Yeah. That actually talking about practicality and just what it means for the everyday that I said a very similar thing, like contentment Mm. and being in the already, but not yet. Um, You know, I mentioned last week that looking at the hope of the future is hugely encouraging to me and helps me in those hard moments Mm -hmm. or in those anxious moments. But I think also remembering that, like you said, like we are where we are at the time we are here Mm -hmm. for a reason Mm -hmm. and just being content in whatever this day holds and knowing that it's important. It's important for the advancement of God's kingdom. So whether it's um, schooling my kids and fixing lunch and doing laundry that day, or whether it's teaching a Bible study Mm -hmm. or playing with the neighbors or, you know, no matter what the day looks like, like God has me there for a reason. And because of that, like I can have joy, I can be content Mm -hmm. and I don't always need to be looking for the next thing, the next season, Mm -hmm. the next the next best thing. Like I need to just, I need to be sitting in and content with where God has me. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So did you have, this is just kind of out of curiosity and just to kind of see how God worked through this. Did you have any big challenges as we were doing this? I think the whole uh, profit section was the biggest challenge for me. And we talked about this on that episode was because I'm not well read in that area. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was a lot of just like, self-doubt on ability to kind of convey what God wanted to convey through that, um, section. But, uh, but on the flip side of that, like, I think the Lord has really used that challenge to, to remind me that I'm, I'm, I'm never going to fully know everything, Mm -hmm. but to keep Mm -hmm. moving forward. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, even though I might not have all the answers, I should still try Mm -hmm. to share the gospel with my neighbor. Right. Right. Um, so, but I think the most challenging part of that was, because the the language and, mm-hmm. and, and it's similar with revelation yeah. because it's just challenging challenging in the way it's written i think that is what made it confusing i'm not an english major i'm not like i'm not yeah, good at literature neither. and like that kind of stuff <laughs> and so it was mostly just self-doubt but god was so faithful and mm-hmm. and brought some good resources yeah. and um and just was reminding us like the point of this is to see one story. Yes, How do yes. the prophets fit in that one mm-hmm. story? Yeah. What yeah. was what was challenging? For okay, you? so this this I'm gonna go a little bit um, different th- direction. A little different direction. Okay. Actually, I felt quite a bit of spiritual warfare mm-hmm. during this um, during this study, mm-hmm. and as we've been teaching this, the week before we started recording the podcast, I mean, we both were hit with some crazy thing. Aaron, Aaron's family got hit with the stomach bug, mm-hmm. and it's like, how do you do that when we're in a pandemic, wearing masks, and like, <laughs> you know? And my neighbors did too. Luckily, my family didn't. So anyway, but I had some personal things, like weird, like things at night, like Mm -hmm. not being able to sleep. Like I've never really had trouble with sleep. Um, like true insomnia. I might have like be a little restless or, you know, like be anxious at night, but I had like some true insomnia where I was having trouble sleeping Mm -hmm. and, um, some like big panic attacks, which I haven't had panic attacks like that in, in years. And I've had some big panic attacks and, um, just in at random moments. And so I really feel like, um, the enemy was trying to distract me, Mm -hmm. um, because the Lord was using his word and his story to really move in my heart and teach me so much about him and who he is. Mm -hmm. And I I felt the enemy pushing against that. Mm -hmm. And so this has been, um, a season which I have really had to 
put on the armor of God and fight against that and verbally say, you know, like, no, like Jesus, like just proclaim Jesus's yeah. name. Um, and I said, this is going to, it's going to get kind of weird. Cause I'm not normally not one to, you know, talk about a ton of spiritual warfare. Not that it's not a real thing. It's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So I feel like that was my biggest challenge with this. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but God, God was faithful and he provides us what we need. Mm-hmm. to fight the enemy. And that's why reminding myself that Jesus is victorious has been so big mm-hmm. because I have felt that fight and I just have had to remind myself over and over that Jesus, you, you are victorious mm-hmm. over this. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really encouraged that you're sharing that. Cause I'm sure there's so many people that can relate to that, that idea of like, why do I feel so much pushback right yeah. now? And, yeah. and we talked about that, like uh, the Lord is, is really using your voice and your um, study time and, and everything that you're doing. And so there, the, it's almost like a little bit of like a, like a challenge, like, Mm -hmm. no, you're not going to distract me. Like I'm gonna keep moving for the Lord. Like Mm -hmm. don't distract me. Stop it. (laughs) Which isn't, like that's your personality. Yeah. Like you want to win. You're competitive. Yeah. Like you want to challenge. I don't want to challenge. <laughs> like I'm like leave me alone. But it's forced me. Yeah. To to be a little more aggressive. Yeah. And even like last night, like I started having like again just at night, kind of mm-hmm. some weird funky stuff going on. And I'm like, it's because we're wrapping up this thing in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, like Satan be gone. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So anyway. Um. Yeah, just a little bit of what's been going on with yeah, me. But. Yeah. So I feel like you you kind of answered this, but maybe you'll have another answer to this too. Is like, how does this affect the day to day? What is this? What is the understanding this whole story? What does it mean for you practically? And what do you think it means for all of us practically? Yeah, I mean, I already talked about contentment, but I think that another thing is, and this is on a really practical level, like when we're having our like daily reading of scripture, I think that it'll take some of the frustration and confusion Mm -hmm. away. And I already Mm -hmm. talked about that some with like kings and prophets, but I just think that keeping the big story of scripture in mind, um, brings a lot of clarity mm-hmm. and that just helps when we're, when we're studying it, it takes away, like I said, confusion and frustration. And, um, it just practically helps us understand God's word. It also, if you're a mom or an aunt or, you know, a friend of children, if you teach Sunday school or whatever, I think knowing the story of scripture is also very, very helpful in teaching kids Mm -hmm. because you can quickly tell them this is what was going on in God's big story. Let's zoom in on this story instead of just saying, okay, today we're going to talk about Daniel and how he was almost eaten by lions. Yeah. You can tell them, you know, Daniel was, um, a man that God was using to, to share his word and he lived mm-hmm. here and you know, you can just give them better context yeah. and that's going to help them as they study scripture on their own too. Yeah. Yeah. And like we talked about in the very beginning, right, we're, we're all living in a story. And so just, it kind of is reorienting our hearts and our minds to the fact that we're not living in the American dream story. We're yeah. not living in the, you have to make, you know, the, the most money or have yeah. the whatever, like we're, we're not living in our culture story. We're living in a much bigger story. We're living in God's story. Right. And so it, it affects our, our time with God and his word, but it also affects, I think our relationships with one another, instead of seeing mm-hmm. people maybe as a tool to advance your story or as you know things like that or you know it gives us the right lens to look through all of our relationships and all of our decisions and Mm -hmm. 
like as you're making a decision to move somewhere or to take a job or whatever, like instead of thinking to yourself, should I do this? Is this going to make me the most money? Is this going to mm-hmm. bring me the most joy? Like you're, those aren't the questions to ask yourself. The questions are t- to ask yourself are, okay, I'm part of God's story. Mm-hmm. What is what is my part of God's story? How does that affect these decisions I'm making? And it's not like all of a sudden you're going to be like, that means take the job in Alabama, you know, like, but it does kind of give you the right lens to think, okay, can I glorify God here? Can I glorify God Mm, there? Yeah, mm. I can. Okay. So, you know, it gives you some better questions to ask yourself um, because you're living in God's story, Mm. not in your own story. Yeah. So let's end with this question. Like we said, we always want to go to God's word and look for God before ourselves. This is God's story. We've been talking about that over and over again. So let's end with God. So as we've been doing this series, what is just like a character trait or an attribute of God that God has been just highlighting to you throughout his whole story? Well, I feel like this, I mean, I guess any of them could kind of be cliche, you know, because we like (laughs) talk about his attributes a lot. Um, But I said this in my one sentence summary, but just his sovereignty. Um, Like I said, I feel like that could be like a a default, but he's really been showing me a lot about that. Um, Even Jonathan was asking me um, a few weeks ago, he's like, what do you think made you want to like really study scripture like what do you think flipped Mm. several years ago where you just really Mm. wanted to do that and so I started telling him about all these different events that happened and all these things and I said babe like really it lands on God's sovereignty Mm -hmm. and providence Mm -hmm. like all of these things came together and made me just fall in love with God's word it was nothing of my own doing not anybody like it was God's sovereignty Mm -hmm. and so even things like that like just seeing his hand in everything in scripture and therefore like everything in my own personal life um that just that really stood out to me also that God is with us of course like we we see that throughout scripture and just the different ways that he's always been with his people and how that was um a very like important thing for him obviously Mm. but but his sovereignty just kind of takes the cake Mm. what about you um, I kind of used mine in my little <laughs> sentence that I actually took from my friend, but um, I think his faithfulness and maybe even like even a little more clarity on that word, it, like his long suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because his faithfulness, yes, that he always keeps his promises, which we see all throughout mm-hmm. scripture. And um, like we are to model that in our own lives of, of being faithful, like we've talked about. But I think also like his long suffering. And I, I guess I have, I've thought about that, like as far as Old Testament, maybe. And I've thought about that as like, I don't know, in different small areas, but not thought of it in the whole story. I mean, because the whole story is him being long suffering. Yes. The whole story is him being like, (laughs) obviously God isn't like this, but him being like, come on guys, get it together, (laughs) you know? And that's, that's not God saying that, but, but the whole story, he's patient Mm -hmm. and he's continues Mm -hmm. to be faithful when his people are not, he continues to be long suffering even to this day and age that we're in right now, right now he is. Yeah. And he's still faithful. Mm -hmm. The one, not not one at the cost of the other, Mm -hmm. he's faithful and Mm -hmm. he's long suffering. And those are not two things I would have answered a year ago at the beginning if you would have, yeah. yeah or yeah. even at the beginning of this series if you would have asked me like what are some top attributes mm-hmm. of god that you see in s- scripture i would have said sovereignty mm-hmm. i would have said you know that he creator i would have mm-hmm. said he's holy you know those things yeah. i the first thing to come to mind would not have been long suffering mm-hmm. but i think that's 
hopefully not like a word that I need to hear that now I need to have some big thing happen that I have to be like. So hopefully that's not like a weird prophetic word. But I think it is just now, see, I'm thinking about myself. This is what you should not do. You do not need to think about self. We're thinking talking about God right now. So I think just like his, how beautiful and long suffering he is. I love that. I love that he revealed something like kind of brand new yeah. to you that you haven't really thought about much before. Yeah. yeah. This series was good for me yes you know like yes. I feel like for my own growth and sanctification and I mm-hmm. hope that it was for whoever's listening as well mm-hmm. and so yeah thanks for sticking it yeah, out thanks for sticking it out and we'll be back in the fall if you've enjoyed this episode please feel free to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and most importantly share with a friend The beautiful music that you've heard on this episode today is by the incredibly talented Katie Cox. 